recently we've been teaching into spiritual gifts, and last weekend Karen Jacobs did a great job of um, teaching about how the gifts are, are forgiving. The gifts are not forgiving, but for giving. <laughs> okay, forgiving. That's why the gifts are given for the common good, for the benefit of the body of Christ, and for those that we're doing life with. And so. Um, if you haven't listened to Karen's teaching, please jump online and get a hold of it. You can either get it on the iTunes or SoundCloud. She did a fantastic job last Sunday teaching on, the, on, the, on, on giving and the nature of giving. And um, uh, I just, you know, she's not here this morning because she's coming down to tonight's service. Um, but, you know, just publicly, I think God's doing a a great work there with not just with Karen but with a number of people among us in terms of being able to teach his word, equip the people and to see people empowered to go about joining Jesus in their everyday world. And so um, just again, thanks to everybody who's involved in teaching ministry in this place. Um, Again, I want to say thank you for the way that you guys um, uh, have been in prayer and supporting Nick and I as we've been transitioning into helping to lead Vineyard Australia. Last weekend I was in Perth and meeting, or not Perth, I was in Western Australia meeting with a number of people from uh, the Vineyard Tribe in Western Australia. It was a great time together. The Lord was, the Lord was very generous with his presence and, and power as we met together in a number of forums. And, um, and so, um, again, uh, just thank you for your, your prayer and your support with all of that that's going on. Now, uh, this morning, I want to uh, teach on the gift of tongues. I want to teach on the gift of tongues. Um, tongues is one of those kind of um, gifts of the Holy Spirit that can be a little sound sound a little awkward to the ear, really. And a lot of the body of Christ uh, struggles with even knowing what do we do with this gift? How does how do we administer this gift? How do we care for this gift? Uh, and in some parts of the body of Christ, uh, on one end of things, parts of the body of Christ say, well, these gifts don't even operate anymore. And on the other end of the, the part of the body of Christ, it's like, hey, you know, if you're not speaking in tongues, then you're not saved. That's how radical some people want to push it out to that extreme as well. Well, we're not at either end of those <laughs> here at the Vineyard. We're, we're in what we would call the radical middle. And um, the gift of tongues is um, is a gift that I believe is for the whole church. And it's a precious and it's a beautiful gift and work of the Holy Spirit. And I'll kind of unpack a little bit more of how that all kind of looks and works. Um, but if, just a little bit of um, the slides here. So if we go down to the third slide, Jake, spiritual gifts and the vineyard, just again, just to give you an, an understanding, this is our DNA. This is who we are at the vineyard. And so these are all, this is all of who we are. And you'll see right there, uh, second from the bottom there, the encouragement and the exercising of spiritual gifts. So we love that, but we also love to teach the Bible. We also love to feed the poor. We also like to have... Um, evangelism going on in people's lives as they're reaching out to others, to their friends and their work colleagues. We love to um, have healing, signs and wonders, small group life, uh, training people to do this stuff. We, that's, that's the big picture of who you are and that's where spiritual gifts fits in all of that. It's a part of who we are. Okay, So that kind of 
That's a big painting, but in words, I guess you could say. But that's a part of who we are. And um, if you just drop down to the next one, Jake, the Bible um, lists all these gifts, spiritual gifts. And the ones that we've highlighted are the two that we're going to tackle today, speaking in tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And um, uh, if you go down to the next slide there, Jake, on 1 Corinthians... Now, how's this? Um, this is Paul, and Paul here is, um, he's, the reason why he's writing is because the church that he's writing to is like flush full of spiritual gifts and power. The Holy Spirit just moves through the Corinthian church like crazy, so much so that the Holy Spirit is moving through the church with so much power that the people their character formation is like underdeveloped. And so they've got these massive anointing of the Holy Spirit on them. They're moving in great, extraordinary gifts of power and, the, and signs and wonders. And, and at the same time, their character is, is, um, is being revealed. And, and Paul comes in and he, and he wants to say to them, hey, listen, guys, grow up. Grow up. And I'm not telling you to, to stop moving in power. In fact, he encourages them to pursue it even more than they current, currently are. But he's, he's wanting to help bring them into a place of health so that it's life-giving for people. And, and um, that's why in the middle of 1 Corinthians, there's that beautiful scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, all about the nature of love. Because Paul's trying to establish that it's out of this relationship of love for God and for each other that these gifts really flourish in a healthy, dynamic, powerful way. And that's why he writes, like in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, he says, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be ignorant. That's really interesting because they're already moving in the gifts, but there's obviously an ignorance about the way that they're moving in the gifts that Paul wants to teach into and help equip them as a church. And then he goes on, he says, Now each, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So we've got to hold that in play, remembering that the gifts of the Spirit are for the, the bettering of the life of the church. It's for the common good. And so that's why God... It's, it's not about you and it's not about me, but it is through you and it is through me that the Spirit wants to move for the benefit of the church, for the building up of the people of Jesus. And so God likes to partner with us in all of that and draws, invites us into partnering with him in that. Now, here's a really bold statement that Paul makes in 1 Corinthians 14.1. How's this for a statement? I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. I mean, if, if, if you kind of read that in isolation, you'd think, gee, that bloke's a bit up himself. You know, he's a, he's, he's, he's a bit on, on top of himself there, really. But it's like he's, he's actually addressing the fact that this Corinthian crew uh, of Jesus' people under the Holy Spirit, they are big, big-time speakers in the gift of tongues. Big time. Big time. And so Paul, he just steps into that and says, well, if that's the way you want to think, if you think, you know, speaking in profuse amounts of tongues is the measure of a person, well, I thank God I speak more than all, in tongues more than all of you, if that's the way you want to play. So he steps right into their, their framework of their, their pride 
about the fact that they're moving in, in this amazing gift, but without love. They're moving it in power, but they're not moving in love. And that's why he goes on and he says there in verse, one, uh, verse 18 of chapter 14, he says, But in the church I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. In other words, there's all this tongue speaking going on, but no one's growing up. And in fact, there's so much tongue speaking going on, no one even knows what, what's being said with all this tongue speaking going on. So I want to kind of just unpack a little bit more of this for you. If you've got your Bible, turn it to 1 Corinthians 14. We're going to read there in a minute. But just to give you a bit of my story, um, as a young bloke, you know, I I shared a few weeks back, uh, that um, growing up in a um, uh, sort of a Wesleyan Methodist context as a young fella, and then the Uniting Church, um, you know, the manifest gifts of the power of the Holy Spirit were not so much a... A reality. They were there, but it was never really encouraged. It wasn't fanned into a flame. Uh, it wasn't like, here's how to do this stuff. This is what it sounds like. This is what it looks like. Here's how to have a go at that. That, that, that was kind of the... So it was, it was very rare. But I, 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 remember, I do remember as a young fella in my early teens um, going to a few Pentecostal churches for because we were going out of town to visit extended family and they they would go to like um, Pentecostal churches and so I remember going to these Pentecostal churches as a young guy probably once or twice a year and there would be this the, the, the culture the way that it happened in these churches was they would do worship like we're doing and then the worship leader would all of a sudden at the end of a song kind of just encourage the music just to sort of stay in this space and then the worship leader would start singing in tongues and then it was kind of like a a cue for everyone and so then everyone in the whole church would just start singing in tongues I don't know if you've ever been in that setting but that you know I, I, I was in that setting and at first I'm like wow these people are really getting into this and it was like when they started to sing in tongues it was like some sort of switch got flicked or something and they were like, they became energised and very enthusiastic and very aware like God's about to do something among us. Um, and that, that in fact is part of the, 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 the dynamic that happens when the gift of tongues is flowing. It, it actually connects, energises and releases an expectation that God's about to break in. He's about to move. He wants to say something. He wants to do things. He's awesome. And um, these are all sort of byproducts or outworkings of when this gift is moving. So anyways, I'm there and I'm like, wow, this is, this is awesome. Um, and so they'd have this time of tongue speaking and then they'd go into, you know, the, the rest of the song and they'd kind of sort of dial down again and, and then the service would go on. And... Um, uh, and sometimes in between the songs, uh, when I would, would go and visit the Pentecostal churches, sometimes between the songs, all of a sudden there was like a, like, like this morning, there was a bit of a, a quiet moment and then someone would just from among the people just start, whoosh, off they go, speaking in tongues really loudly. So it was like, and then all of a sudden it was kind of like, you know, it would shatter the atmosphere. It was like, whoa, what's that? And then 
alongside that, more often than not, someone would start prophesying from a different part of the room. And someone would start going, thus says the Lord. I'm going to come on Thursday at lunchtime, so get ready or whatever, you know. But, you know, thus says the Lord. And, and it's kind of like, I'd, I had always kind of thought, because I was like Paul writing to the Corinthians, I was ignorant about how this gifting worked, but I always thought that they were kind of, thus saying the lording, they were actually interpreting what the tongue speaker was speaking. But it wasn't until later that I realised, actually, that's not what's going on at all. In fact, the tongue speaker was speaking in tongues, but the, prophet, the prophetic anointing that fell on the person, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, he will, as he administers, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, lands on someone and they start to prophesy. That's actually got nothing to do with the tongue at all. Because prophecy is from the heart of the Father to the people. Tongue speaking, as we'll see in a minute, is from the heart of the people to the heart of the Father. And so we'll, we'll, we'll unpack that in a, in a second. So anyway, that's a little bit of my experience. And then I kind of, it wasn't until I'd met Jesus in my late teens, early 20s, that I got really enthusiastic about God. And I was so enthusiastic about God, I was just like, I want what the Pentecostal church was experiencing. I want that. Like I had a very dynamic and powerful conversion experience and I know the reality of the person of Jesus very powerfully. But I was like, I want to move in the gifts of the Spirit. I want to move like that too. So on my pursuit of the things of the Holy Spirit, you know, in my learning and so forth, I was like, okay, show me God, teach me God. And along the way, I was like, like, you know, how do we do this? And I'd go and learn and, and then I'd listen. I'd, I'd put myself in these contexts of people that like to speak in tongues. So my ear, my natural ear would become comfortable with listening to what was going on for a start because it's completely supernatural what's taking place. And to the natural ear, it can be very like, what the heck, you know? But it's, it's completely supernatural dynamic that's taking place. And so I began to put my ear into those contexts and listen and learn. And then I, I was just like, I was just praying one day on my own, in my own context, devotional context, praying away, saying, God, you know, and I was telling him how awesome he is about just the fact that he's my God and he's outstanding and he's done so much faithful things for my life that I ran, I literally ran out of words. But I found this bubbling up sensation taking place in my heart and my chest. And all of a sudden, I just like started to flow out of my mouth these words that were unintelligible to my natural ear. And I was just like, but my spirit, my heart was just like filling and coming alive to the reality of who God was as I started to speak in tongues. It was like the Holy Spirit was just releasing that gift in me because he's already there. And he was just releasing that in me in my private devotional context and relationship with him. And so from there, I've... I've uh, you know, I've kind of grown and learned a bit more, and uh, and I um, I love the gift of tongues. It's a beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit. I think everyone can speak in tongues because we all carry the person of the Holy Spirit living within us. Um, it's I think it's a gifting that can be just released 
uh, when we ask the Lord to do that. It's not a huge hurdle, but <clears throat> it's, I tell you what, the journey of learning to actually discover this gift and walk in it was it, it made me really hungry for Jesus. Because that's what the Holy Spirit loves to do, is to point to Jesus and the reality of Jesus all the time. And you know what Jesus loves to do? He loves to point at the Father. So today I just want to take a few moments to pray, maybe put some framework around this gifting for you. 1 Corinthians 14, have you got it there? Awesome. Let's just, this is a chunky chapter, but it flies on the back of the 1 Corinthians 13, which is all about love, the context. So it's Paul set the context. It's all about love, and then out from that context flows these giftings. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14. I haven't got it all up there, so you'll need to read it on your phone or your Bible itself. For anyone uh, and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. Isn't that a great statement from Paul? I want you all to speak in tongues. So to me, as I read that, that's, his, that's not just a wish. That's an expectation of capacity. Paul's saying, hey, you, you can all speak in this gifting, but I would rather you prophesy, he says. He who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church can be edified. Now, brothers, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will that be to you? Unless I bring some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction. Even in the case of lifeless things, that, that makes sounds such as the flute or the harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is distinction in the notes? In other words, Paul's saying that each of these giftings have got specific place on the, the score or the musical score or the sheet of when God's people meets. So, you know, they're all different notes, but they're all important. They're meant to all work beautifully for the common good. Um... Again, if the trumpet doesn't sound a clear call, who'll get ready for battle? So it is with you. Unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you're saying? You've got to remember the context here. These guys are like hyper tongue speakers, okay? Lots of tongue speaking, no interpreting happening, okay? So that's why Paul's speaking. Um, you'll just be speaking into the air. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, and yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I'm a foreigner to the speaker, and he is a foreigner to me. And so it is with you. Since you're eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in the gifts that build up the church. In other words, bring unity to the believers, the fellowship of believers, encouragement, oneness, love in God, um, rather than practicing these gifts in such a way that they don't connect with each other. For this reason, anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray that he would interpret what he says. Now, that was something that was never, I never saw modelled uh, when I was growing up or encouraged that actually 
when, if in a gathered context, a public context like this, if the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you begin to speak in a tongue, at the same time you can be saying, Holy Spirit, what am, what am I actually articulating here? And then, once you've finished speaking in tongues, then actually say in your own everyday who you are, words and language and pictures, this is what I think God was saying. To God. To God. God, you are awesome. You are mighty. I saw a picture of you dressed for battle, and I honor you, and I welcome you to bring your battling kingdom among us. What, you know, but you, you're articulating what you saw. But it's to God. It's prayer. It's worship. It's worship. It's not evangelism. It's worship. Now, evangel- evangelism can be a byproduct of all of this, but it's not primarily about evangelism. It's about declaring to God how awesome he is. Okay? Um, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. That's some, some interesting comments there. So what should I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. In other words, when he's praying in tongues, Paul's saying it actually bypasses the, the physiological brain and cortex and flows from the spirit and the heart of a person. And he's saying that's the real deal. That's how it that's how it flows. But he's saying, while I'm doing that, I'm also saying, help give me some understanding here in my brain and my actual physical cortex here to be able to think and understand and connect with what I'm actually articulating so that others can be edified and built up by this gift. Um, I will pray with my spirit, but I'll also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I'll also sing with my mind. Actually, that happened to me last Saturday night. I was having dinner with these guys and, and, and girls in Western Australia, and then they, they decided at the end of the night, they said, hey, we better pray for you. You're our new national director. You and Nick, we better pray for you. I said, that sounds great. And then before we even had a chance to, like, take the position, um, one, of the, one of them starts singing in tongues, just like singing a song. So I just closed my eyes, and I could feel the nearness of God. And as she, she sung in tongues for, like, about two or three minutes. It was really sweet. It was really beautiful, very intimate, and it was like God came very near. I became very aware. And then someone else in the room just started to, just to speak to God, who he was, interpreting that song. It was really just very naturally supernatural, and it was, but it was very powerful. It was beautiful. And it was, everyone in the room was kind of like, God's among us. God's with us, you know? Uh, so, if you're praising God with your spirit, how can uh, one who finds himself among those who do not understand say, Amen? In other words, tongue speaker speaking or singing, it's like there's no interpretation. But the body of Christ wants an interpretation, so the body of Christ can go, Amen! That's about our God! Yeah, right on! We're with you in that. Yay, God! So, in- interpretation is an important aspect to this gifting. Um, You may be giving thanks well enough, but the other man is not edified. And then he goes on, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in the church I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers, stop thinking like children. (laughs) Anyway, he goes on a little bit more. And then he goes on like, if we picked up in verse 26, 
he talks about how um, there's meant to be like a way of administering this beautiful gifting as the Holy Spirit moves when the people of God get together. There's There's a way about this. Because remember, their context was they're all hyper-tongue speaking, and Paul says, we're actually losing the value of and the essence and the beauty of what's actually happening because we're not actually stopping to then hear what's being said so that everyone gets lifted up and encouraged in their journey with Jesus and God and his kingdom in the earth. So um, there's a way about this. So he says, you know, look, one or two tongue speakers, yeah, that's good. Just, just yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Just, just hang about there. He's not making a rule about it. He's just giving a sense of pastoral direction. Okay? Um, anyway, he goes on a little bit more about the nature of prophecy and all of that. And da-da-da-da-da. So, now, I want to um, just quickly pick up on a few things. So, on the next slide there, um, Jake, there's a working definition here that I found. There's a guy that I like. His name is Dr. Sam Storms. And Sam is a... Um, He's a good te- great teacher, comes from conservative stock, yet worked in um, Pentecostal churches. He was a part of the Kansas City Vineyard for quite a while in the U.S. But anyway, he wrote, he wrote this in this book, The Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts. Hey, that's a good book. If you want to order a book, get that one. The Beginner's Guide, you know, we, we buy it, Beginner's Guide for everything else. Get one about spiritual gifts. All right? Um, beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts. And he gives this definition He says, the gift of tongues is simply the spirit-energized ability to pray, worship, give thanks, or speak in a language other than than your own or one that you may have learned in school. Um, Now, that's, that's just a really succinct, helpful understanding of the gift of tongues. Now, remember... It's really important that we remember, next slide, thanks, Jake, that the gifts of the Spirit are not trophies. They've got nothing to do with elevating each other in terms of sense of identity and worth. Um, They are not, you know, particularly this gift of tongues. Just because you may speak in tongues does not mean that you are God's greatest gift and you're his most highly favoured one. Uh, okay, no, that's not why you have the gift of tongues on you right now, either publicly or in your private devotional context as well, private life as well. Um, it doesn't mean that I have more of the Holy Spirit than you have more of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, I have more, you have less, therefore I am, you are not. You know, doesn't work like that. It's, not, it's got nothing to do with that. Um, it's, it's, it's not a, uh, what else have I got up there? It's, it's not a special sign because you're more zealous or more committed to God. Okay, it's, it's not that. The gift of tongues is not a special sign that you're more zealous and more committed to God than the person that you're with in the room today or anyone else that follows Jesus. Um, it's not a demonstration of, look, I speak in tongues, so therefore I'm more mature. It's as simple as that. No, wrong. <laughs> wrong. And um, depending on which part of the body of Christ and which version of the Bible you read, you may actually believe that the uh, gift of tongues today is actually a work of the devil. <laughs> Sad to say, but there are parts of the body of Christ that actually believe that. So, um, <clears throat> which is interesting, because if you look at the backstory of 
John and Carol Wimber, they came out of that context where they, in their early faith journey with Jesus and the body of Christ, they were told, if you're speaking in tongues, the devil's got a hold of you. You're, you're in trouble. And it was, it was going great until I think it was Carol woke up speaking in tongues one morning. <laughs> it was like, and, and so set them on a journey. <laughs> to, actually, it's not the devil. It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so they, uh, they journeyed out of that. But um, tongues are not any of that. Uh, let's jump on to the next one. But this is what tongues is. And we see in Acts chapter 2, when the Pentecost experience happens, when the Spirit is poured out for the first time, and Peter is preaching the message that the kingdom of God is at hand and that Jesus is the Christ, the Spirit falls in power on all these um, people and they start speaking in other languages as the Spirit inspires them. And people who are watching that from a distance from other language groups are watching that and they're going, how can those guys, because we know who those guys are and what part of the town they're from, and they don't speak our language, but they're speaking our language. And what they're speaking is they're speaking about the mighty wonders of God. They're declaring the wonders of God. They're worshipping God. It's like, how can that be? It's a totally supernatural experience. It wasn't an evangelistic experience. Now, there was an evangelistic fruit that flowed around that context where a lot of people got saved that day and came into the kingdom of God. But as the Spirit was being poured out, Peter proclaimed the kingdom of God from here, from his mouth. He says, what you're seeing is what Joel prophesied. And now that the Spirit is being poured out on all flesh, know this, Christ is the Messiah. The kingdom is at hand. Repent and believe for the good news of the kingdom is now here. Okay, so that's how you pull the trigger. If you want evangelism to take place, pull the trigger. (laughs) Declare to people, God is close to you. The kingdom is within reach. If you just change your mind about who he is, you'll know his kindness for your life and come into his kingdom forever. So um, the gift of tongues in Acts 2.11 was they were declaring the wonders of God. They were worshipping God. And, um, and, and that it, we read it already in 1 Corinthians 4.2 that anyone speaking in a tongue doesn't speak to men. You're not speaking to people. The nature and the orientation of it is to God. Now, there's a great experience in Acts chapter 10 where Peter goes to Cornelius' house. I love, this is one of my all-time favorite book of Acts stories because here's these Gentile people and Cornelius is God-aware and he feeds the poor. And um, anyway, it all happens that Peter ends up going to his house um, and to tell him a few things about Jesus. And when he gets there, the house is full of Gentile people. In other words, they weren't Jewish Christians. They were Gentile pagans. <laughs> okay, And so what happens, though, is... Jewish Christian Peter is now stepping into a context that before now he would never, ever do. He would never step into this kind of setting, being a good Jewish boy, sitting in a a pagan Gentile person's home. That is just not on. 
But Peter goes there. He follows the leading of the Lord there. And as they're meeting there, and Peter is telling them the good news of the kingdom of God. Got to read this story when you get some time, guys. As, re- as he's telling them that Jesus is the Christ and that he's died and rose again, the Spirit falls in power, in manifest power, and all these pagan Gentiles start speaking in tongues. And the guys that came with Pete, they're like, what? <laughs> this isn't just for the Jewish people nation this is for the gentile people this is for the whole world the good news of the kingdom of god and then so their their confession of faith in at that moment is while peter was still speaking the holy spirit on all uh, came on all who heard the message for they heard them speaking in tongues praising god so these pagan gentiles are listening to peter articulate the good news of the kingdom of god the Spirit of the Holy Spirit loves to run right in on top of that message because Jesus is the word proclaimed. So the Holy Spirit loves to come in fire on the back of the declaration that Jesus is the King. And then all of a sudden, these unbelieving pagan Gentiles are praising God in languages that they know not how to speak. How supernatural, how confronting, how like, whoa. And the fruit of all that is the whole household gets saved. They come into the relationship with Jesus, into the kingdom of God, and then they all get baptised. They all get baptised and that's the end of that one and Pete's off on his next journey. I mean, it's, this is really great stuff. And so tongues is a, is a wonderful evidence that, yes, the Holy Spirit is here among us and even among non-believing people. As they're hearing the good news, the Spirit touches them in such a way that he supernaturally can draw them into a revelation of Jesus and the kingdom. How exciting is that? That just blows all the frameworks. I, I, I just love how God does that. So um, that's all. Now, I've, I've said that tongues flow best in the context of love. Next slide. Thanks, Jake. I'll power through these. It, it happens in the context of love. Now, the, the top verse there, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have no love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. That's what Paul actually said because the, the church in Corinth, they sound great tongue speakers, but they sounded, well, it was awful because there was no interpretation. It was just a clang and there was no love. It wasn't coming out of love. It was coming out of posturing. It was coming out of like, I'm a better tongue speaker than you are. Da, 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 I'm more mature, da, 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 da. And, and, and it's, it's just all, uh. So Sam Storms, in his, in his book, The Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts, he, he, he says, what if it was a context of love? What if the context was love? And then he kind of reframes that verse of Paul's and he writes, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels and do so with love and compassion for my fellow men, the sound is like that of a glorious symphony that is pleasing to the ear. Therein is the difference. Therein is the difference. Clanging or symphonies. Clanging or symphonies. I thought that was a really clever way that he kind of rewrote that verse just to help give us a better picture of what it could sound like when that gift of tongues is just flowing among the people of God and in a context of love. So here's the effect. Let's go to the next one. Thanks, um, Jake. 
the effect is to edify. We read about this. Edification, to building up the believers. Um, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I, want, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church might be edified. So he, let me put that into some tongue speaking plus interpretation equals prophecy in the sense that it's on the same level in terms of effectiveness to building up the body of Christ. Next one. Tongues, no interpretation, is less than the effectiveness of prophecy alone. And that's, so Paul's just trying to help clarify that picture. So he's saying, but he, he wants everyone to speak in tongues and he wants everyone to interpret. But if you're not going to grow up and do that, then just prophesy. Because <laughs> at least then everyone can hear what is being said and understand with intelligence what is being uttered. Okay? So in the public setting... Tongues is an edifying gift to be exercised for the tongue speaker and those who are gathered near the tongue speaker when there is interpretation happening. It's edifying to those who hear to have an interpretation because they're hearing the wonders of God being declared, the testimony of God. And it's being directed towards God. And so their attention likewise is drawn to God. In private, tongues are also a great gift of the Spirit for self-edification. You'll see there in Jude chapter... uh, Jude, there is no chapters in the book of Jude, just verses. Did you know that? So Jude verse 20 reads, um, But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. In other words... Let the Spirit energize your spirit and pray like that. Pray in tongues. I find personally that my personal devotional experience with God is edified and, and becomes full and rich. And so do I when I speak in tongues privately. It's a wonderful gift. I find that when I'm praying about circumstances and situations, when I don't know how to pray, the Spirit helps me pray. Paul talks about that as well elsewhere. The Spirit helps me pray. And so my spirit comes alive and I start to just articulate who God is and by the leading of the Spirit into that context and for that context and situation. So, for example, you all may be like, you know, praying about um, an employment issue. You might be needing employment. Let's take that for a situation. And you, you're praying, you're, God, would you please, I need a job. Would you, you know, let your rule and reign come and en- enter in to and orchestrate things, help me find a job, bring the right people. And at some point there, if you invite the Holy Spirit, he will energize your spirit and you can begin to speak in tongues and declare who God is in this situation. You, you know, you are a great provider, God. You're a, you're a wonderfully faithful father. But you might be articulating this in tongues to God. 
And I find that in, those, in situations like that of great need, tongues is a wonderful gift that edifies and builds up my faith because not only does it declare the wonders of God, it also, there's a, it's why it's called a manifestation of the Spirit. There's a physiological, dynamic, powerful effect of this gifting at work. And so, I mean, if you ever hang out near me when I'm worshipping down here on the Sunday, I am constantly in tongues, constantly in tongues as I'm worshipping God. Like I'll, I'll break into English every now and then and sing what's on the screen. But most of the time, I am just, my heart is alive and I'm just singing and praying in tongues the whole time because I'm like, I, God, I'm out of words. You, I just want you to just totally invade like I'm interpreting my tongues now. Come and invade with your kingdom, your righteousness, your rule, your authority, your power, your forgiveness, your healing. You know, and I'm just like, but I, it's all it's all going to him in tongues, and um, but that's in a very private moment. It's not in the public context of for the body and speaking to God and drawing the body's attention to God in a particular way. That's just for me to help me connect in worship. I find that tongues is a very good on-ramp. If you want to, like, you want to get onto the, the highway, you know, you've got to get on the on-ramp. I find that this gift of tongues particularly is a wonderful on-ramp that quickly connects me with the heart of God and what he's doing. It's, it's, these are just effects or experiences that I've had as a result of um, speaking in tongues. I find that tongues also assists me to declare and help my mind. That's like Paul wrote there in 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to pray with my spirit and my mind. I'm going to use my, the Holy Spirit and energizing my spirit, and I'm going to be intelligent about understanding this at the same time. And so it helps Paul to get his mind focused, his, his thoughts straight, his understanding of who God is true, and, and he's zeroing in on it. So he's using tongues in his spirit and his mind together bringing him into that empowered space as a disciple of Jesus. Now, um, next slide. I'm just about to wrap this up. Next, but, the, but the, the whole thing is it's about edification. Publicly, it's about edifying the people. Privately, it's about edifying yourself, building up yourself in your most holy faith. I mean, I'm sure you're building up your, you know, your, your health, I'm sure you're building up your relationships. I'm sure you're building up and investing in your superannuation. I'm sure you're investing and building up in all these other areas. Well, Bible says, invest and build up your most holy faith too. <laughs> and this gift of tongues is a wonderful way to invest in building up your most holy faith. Okay? Um, uh, let's jump to the next one. Uh, Gordon Fee. Um, I'll just quickly read a quote out. Oh, I haven't got it. Uh, or maybe, did I already use his? Or maybe I didn't put it up there. Uh, no, I didn't put it up there. That's all right. I'll, I'll read it to you. Gordon Fee, a theologian, professor of New Testament studies at Regent College in Vancouver. He writes this. Contrary to the opinion of many, Spiritual edification can take place other than through the cortex of the brain. Paul believed that in an immediate communing with God by means of the Spirit engaging with our spirit would sometimes bypass the mind. 
And he argues that for his own edification, we can have both. And in the church gathered, he will only have what can also communicate to other believers through their mind. So, yes, God can bypass the mind, but when the body gets together, God wants the mind to understand what's going on. Who can speak in tongues? Well, 1 Corinthians 4, 5, I'd like every one of you to speak in tongues. I think, I think Paul's making a case there that we could build that says everyone can speak in tongues. Everyone can do this. Um, we, the people of Jesus, all have the Holy Spirit and we can all experience this gift both privately and situationally in circumstances as well as in public settings like this when we get together as the church. All righties, that's enough appealing to the mind. <laughs> Let's appeal to the spirit and the mind for a little bit. Hey, I just thought maybe we might workshop this for a little bit because there's people in the room here who are coming from all different places in their journey. For some of us in the room, we're like, I come from a tongue-speaking background and you betcha, it's like bread and butter for me. For other of us, we're coming from backgrounds where tongue-speaking was... It's kind of like just that awkward thing that no one really knew what to do with, and so we just didn't touch it, and we left it over there. And so, and everything in between is sitting in the room right now. And many of us in this room have had experiences of the Holy Spirit coming on us privately, speaking in tongues, and it's been an edifying experience. Um, but for some of us, maybe the whole idea of as we've gathered, that now that's like, ooh, hang on, that's getting a little deeper into the pool. But I, I really felt like we should, like, test this out. <laughs> let's, let's put the word into a context of, okay, look, God, yeah, you love us and we all love each other. We know that. Uh, and there's love here to be found in the person of, your, of Jesus. But um, so I thought what we might do is just invite the Spirit. We'll just wait. We'll just wait for the Holy Spirit. And then, like I said before, a number of us, because I've asked the Lord if he would do this, and he said, yeah, I'll do this, because it's what he likes to do. It's his gift to the church, so it can be built up and get out there and join him on mission. All righty, so, uh, and what you're gonna, what's going to happen is the Spirit's going to just begin to minister to uh, and all of you in different ways, but some of, some of us might actually start to feel that, this is building up in my chest here, and I just need to let this thing loose, and... I just want to say, no sound is too silly, all right? Just, this is a safe place. There's, you can't get it wrong, all right? You can't get it wrong, okay? And then, uh, so we'll, we'll, do, we'll, we'll just let the Spirit do that, inspire some tongues. And then um, the person who's also praying in tongues, if they don't have an interpretation, then let's just wait for that interpretation just to rest on someone else and then let them sort of blurt that out from where they are. Does that sound like a plan? Let's, I'm getting a few nods. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, oh, I can feel some, some of you as well. But it's okay. It's all good. So let's just close our eyes. God loves us. He loves us. And just, just allow the Holy Spirit to begin to minister to you. And begin to just connect you up with, with Jesus and the Father. Holy Spirit, you're just so amazing. And you're such a generous person. 
to come and build up the, the body of Jesus here. And we just invite you to, particularly this morning, as, as we felt it's been on your heart to teach into and to experience, would you just release a gift of tongues among your people? And in Jesus' name, just release you. I give you complete permission to be able to just roll with that as it comes up in your chest and into your mouth. Just let it come in Jesus' name. Okay, let's just wait for a while. And as, as you need to, just let the Spirit touch you.